Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia Agnello, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Statsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Gene Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Watch Hacks, streaming exclusively on Max, and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employer's respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Where you from again? I'm, I'm from right outside Chicago. Maybe that's a regional thing. Oh, it's a regional commercial. Because you called it pop, and I was like, uh... Oh, sure, yeah, okay. I told on myself with that <laughs> one. <laughs> only, only a Chicago nigga would call it pop. <laughs> Detroit, too. It's a couple of us. It's a gun reference. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, pop, pop, you know what I mean? Bring the pop! Oh, shit. <laughs> you thirsty? No, I ain't thirsty. I don't know that. <laughs> Welcome to another phenomenal episode of My Mama Told Me, the podcast where we dive deep, deep into the pockets of black conspiracy theories. And we finally work to prove that the S in S curl does in fact stand for Sprite. Follow the money, (laughs) follow the bubbles, people. This thing goes all the way to the top. <laughs> I'm David Boyd. <laughs> I'm like Stinkerman. So these niggas, as I'm understanding you correctly, they're they're dipping their hair in Sprite, and that's what keeps it juicy and luxurious. I think that it is. I don't think it's Sprite as we drink it, like as uh, we consume it. Sure, I think sure, it's sure. early in the Sprite process. But yes. Yeah, I got you. It's the way that like those rubber bouncy balls start off as a liquid. Yes. And then they become that. You're saying that, that we're getting Sprite unremixed at its most it's like unremixed. Cr- <laughs> like, you know, crude oil? I think that S-Curl is crude <laughs> Sprite. Does that crude make sense? Sprite. Yeah, no, that makes that makes perfect sense to me. I can already tell our guest today, he, he has thoughts on this. So jump in. <laughs> fuck it. We'll, we'll intro you after. I need to know what you're thinking. No, I'm on just this. thinking of which part of the process because... The more you get into the crude part of Sprite, I'm thinking mm. of the fruit, right? 
Right. And I'm like, this could be possible if you stick to the the natural part of it that they could be dipping oh, their head into. Oh, like yeah. blueberries from from coming to America. Yeah, like so yeah, like, the, like the like the lemons, <laughs> like the lemons and lime, right? But if yes. you're thinking, but once you get to the fruit toast, fruit toast corn syrup, I'm like, damn, you know. No, I'm saying, I'm saying it's right after they put the bubbles in. <laughs> I think. But I don't know when the bubbles come in. That's no, why I'm that's, thinking, like that's why it's such a funny answer yeah, because yeah. <laughs> because niggas don't know how pop is made. So we sitting here like, do the bubbles go first or is that is that the finishing touch? You are that they don't want you to know. They don't want <laughs> you to know, bro. It's a proprietary blend. If you knew when the bubbles went in, you could make your own S curl. Yeah, that's that's I, I where it you. goes to the top. Yeah, they don't want you to know. They don't Man, want you to I, make your own. I just want to dip. I want to dip my head in some Sprite right now. You got to dip your head in some Sprite. If anybody's listening at home <laughs> and wondering if yeah. if we're encouraging you to dip your head in Sprite, you goddamn right we are. You need to be dipping head in Sprite. You know, it's some churches that baptize niggas in Sprite. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's a sect of Christianity. They, yeah. <laughs> you know how you got the people that do the snakes and the people yeah. that do the terror? It's a sprite group of niggas too. You know what I mean? And they pray to that Drake from the commercial whose face pops open and oh, then closes the back robot up. Thing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> of all the sprite commercials, that was top five for me. That was pretty. That was a pretty good one. Obviously, who could forget the uh, the sprite dunk? It wouldn't Godfrey. Wasn't he the the one that did the the sprite dunk? What are you talking about? You am I the only person who does who remembers the sprite dunk? That was the the one where he jumps, in, he jumps in the air and he 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 bangs it on the front of the rim and falls over. And every time now, if you miss a dunk, you call it spriting because of that. No, I don't know. Oh no, man. Oh Maybe. fuck, man. Wait. Also, so if you miss a dunk, you call it spriting. Yeah, like it's like a sprite. Yeah, hell yeah. Wow, that's good marketing. I missed this whole. Yeah, they got to us. I guess they really was like. Was this had, the nineties? Is this during the Keep It Real? Because I remember the Keep It Real sprites. Remember where he was like, "I'm Pablo," and then the guy was like, "Cut, cut," and he was like, "I played Hamlet at Cambridge," and it was like, "Sprite, keep it real," or whatever the. I think those were Godfrey too. I think I think oh, Godfrey really? was like a major part of Sprite ad campaigns during the late 90s, early 2000s. Wow. And we don't, we don't realize that that nigga's 58. No, nah, that's hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> Man, that's the problem when the money was good. Yeah. Oh, he was, was making so, good money. Oh, there's wow. so much Sprite money going around. Yeah, you don't grow your, your dreads late in life unless you had, uh, you had Sprite money early, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You know, for us when we were young, it was the S curl. It was like as soon as a, mother, a motherfucker made it, he got the he got the the, the wavy the, hair all of a sudden. Mm-hmm. The sprite curl. That that that's what we call spriting in the south. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> okay, we we can't simply we couldn't possibly talk about sprite uh, any more than we already have. 
we have to get into your conspiracy theory today because because and we didn't even fucking introduce you properly. I, I'm I'm realizing we just started fucking talking, but our guest today is a hilarious goddamn comedian, so funny. You know him from all kinds of shit. Ten year old Tom, you know him from Honey Boy. Uh, more importantly, and most importantly, you know him from his brand new comedy special. Yeah. It's on Hulu. So fucking funny. Give it up. It's called Spiritual Nigga. Give it up for our guest, Mr. Byron Bauer. Yeah. yeah. Man, he got a branded hoodie. That's this hoodie. This hoodie stank. This hoodie stank. <laughs> I only got one. I wear it all the time. <laughs> I was about to say, are those mass producers? This shit just... ain't spiritual. Don't <laughs> we're we're so happy you're here you stank hoodie or not you you i love the special you're great i think you came to us with a conspiracy theory that is very uh, i feel like it's gonna get us into into a heavy conversation right away which i'm excited about you said my mama told me the united states isn't a racist country Yeah. Tell me more. Uh, <laughs> Don't make me lead off. Go ahead. No, it's just coming from a, <laughs> uh, a place of like a different consciousness to when being able to experience America not as a thing of race, but a thing of like money. I think once you get past race, this country becomes very, it's like an open market, you know? Mm. I look at the beginning of this country, which started on slavery and those things, which you know, to some is racial, but to to the overall thing is really like, you know, money. It's like cargo and like livestock. So, you know, that's the basis in the beginning of, of, of my theory. You know, Wall Street and the history of America is built on the backs of livestock, which was slaves. You know what I mean? Right. And I think race came into it later on. And I think they use race to keep us fighting amongst each other while the money is still being made. So you're saying, but if they're employing race, then doesn't that make it a racist country? No, because a lot of people from different races come over and become very, very wealthy, and they just keep quiet about it. Oh, you're you're saying that that they're not unwilling to let all races succeed. It is just simply a a decision of advantage. That, like, we took advantage of a thing, we maintain this advantage, whoever makes it in makes it in, but it is truly a money conversation that built our wants and needs that led to everything else. And I I think that's still, I think some of that is still going on underneath race. I think they use race to, you know, keep us fighting amongst each other, you know. And it's the two, it's really two of the poorest groups that deal with racism, you know, which are like the, I want to say, the poor whites and the poor blacks. Right. And maybe when this I, is... When during the pandemic, when I went to Utah, I was scared. You know what I mean? Because I thought I was going to run into all the Proud Boys and stuff. And it was just wide open. But but was that a function? And is your point to say that that was a function of your, your ep- economic position in this country now? Or is that more just you don't think the racism was even available to be experienced? I don't think it was out when you're in the woods. It's other stuff that's important, mm. you know. Bears. <laughs> exactly. You know what I mean? So that's like, 
you know, and you think bears are racist? I don't know. I don't know enough bears to decide yet. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> go, to, I, I, go to San Francisco, you'll meet some, and they ain't racist at all. <laughs> no, no, quite the opposite. They all like booty hole, you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> and, and techno music. Yeah, that's true. So I think once you get into the to the the human aspect of it, that we, we're not a, a racist country. Now, once, you know, governments and stuff get involved, then maybe, but I'm not a voter or nothing like that. I'm from a place where people carry arms and do all type of stuff, you know. Right. So you, you I, you're saying that that either way you wouldn't be leaning on sort of resolving things in in a political sense. That like it, this is simply a person to person exchange for you. Not yeah. Spiritually, I think. Well, not even spiritually, but uh, in the contract of America, it shows where Black people stand. Right. So, and now everybody's trying to go back and change the contract. And it's been like, what, however many years it's been, 500 years or whatever. Uh, Somebody look it up and correct me. But (laughs) Just about uh, 250. 250? I was about to say, you at least doubled it. But I like like the instinct. (laughs) Yeah, so I think um, for me personally, I don't, I can't look at it. I can't look at race. I have to look at certain other things. In other ways, which is socioeconomics, to even help my people. Oh, I see you. Yeah, at, at, to some extent, it does feel like these calls for racial justice are a a continually losing game. That it's like you're asking a bunch of people already playing a very finished game for them to suddenly like revamp. It's like when Uno came out with them rules that they were like, uh, actually, you can't put a skip on top of a skip or whatever the fuck. And it's like, oh, yeah. I mean, we didn't yeah, Uno, but I already made my rules at yeah. home. Yeah, I don't I was... give a fuck what you got going yeah. now in the rule book. I play stacks. That's what I'm saying. They said yeah. stacks are illegal in the, the Uno rules. But it's like, bro, my you want me to up in my household? Yeah. It's a version of like when, when New York had the rap game on Smash. <laughs> Say New York hip hop is white people and then other people want to get in. And then New York like, no, this is our shit. We started it. Right. We run it. You know what I mean? And then when the South got it, we got to hold on to it now. So we did it independently. Houston did it independently, these things. So I think as a, as a culture, we got to find ways to get our hold on the game and do what was done. Mm. So race ain't even involved in that. It's all social economics. It's, it's buying a politician and all those other things that you see other coaches do because they wasn't, a lot of coaches weren't like when they came to this motherfucker either. Nobody I, started at the dirt that black people did, though. Maybe the Chinese, but right? Like, nobody came from completely underneath. Yeah, I wouldn't even say the Chinese, like even their their relationship to this country didn't originate at uh, at like a physical abuse. It it started at like exchange and then. The right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like followed. no one had a greater distance to travel is all is what I'm saying. Like, well, I mean, or so even socially, right? Even like via public perception and stuff like that. Like they still came in here like as people. I agree, but that's you. That's somebody comparing themselves to others, right? But I'm like, right. we got, we got, we got people. We gonna I'm, travel the furthest. I'm for that. Mm. I'm for that. We the more gifted in the world. You know, you go around the world, they know, they know who we are. That's Let true. me ask. You. But I feel like that's internal. That's not like the country. 
Like, I, I, I feel what you're saying. I do think the country is racist. I think that to, like, subvert it, we need to not pay attention, like, and it should be more socioeconomic and whatnot. But I don't want to let the country off the hook for, like, serious transgressions. You're not letting them off the hook, but you're moving, you know like, you're, you're moving like other cultures move. Like, right. you're moving like how gang- gangsters move quietly, you know? Like, old school gangsters, they move quietly, you know? By the time you figure out what's going on, they got the shit on lock already. Let me ask you this question. When you say uh, spiritual nigga, because it does feel like this is a very spiritual argument or at least approach to the argument that then takes you into sort of identifying the socioeconomic at the root of this. What do you mean? What, 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 what exactly is the spiritual you're identifying with connecting to that, that other people should be understanding in order to like make this make sense for them? Oh, well, think of a circle, right? Think of the word spiritual nigga, one after another, right? And Mm -hmm. then think, and then you draw a circle around that, right? And it's not that you're just this one thing. Think of it as a spectrum for me. Mm -hmm. I'm on that spectrum. Sometimes I could be spiritual. Sometimes I could be a nigga, depending on who I'm dealing with. Like Mm -hmm. a Venn diagram, right? Yeah. And when I was doing the special, they wanted to take out the nigga part. But I'm like, I'm not full spiritual. I don't want no nigga running (laughs) on me thinking, yeah, that I won't like, like, you know. Right. This nigga, wait a minute. He's a sinner. Yeah. Kill him. (laughs) See, that's how, that's the problem that love had. Love should have been love nigga. That way, when he when he chokes somebody, they'd be like, oh, he's on this. Yeah. He's triggered. He's in this part. You know what I mean? Yeah, he needs to be able to move in both worlds. Yeah, well, it's it's a yeah, it's a that's the spiritual part because it's about transcending and but still you're not left behind, right? Like I, I still might kill an animal to eat, right. you know, mm. but one feeds another. That's why I say it's a it's a circle. Now, when it comes to the way the world operates, and I've been fortunate enough to move around the world, it is some countries that go by beliefs versus race. But that's still a tool used to separate people. So you start to see patterns of that within the world and the people of true power who are quiet. We might know a name, but we might we don't know what a Rothschild looked like. We know what they are by name. We don't know what Rockefeller looked like. These are true power. Yeah. You know, if you look up the top 400 people, uh, 400 billionaires in the in the United States alone, the people we know billionaires that we celebrate ain't even on the list. Right. You know, and that's because, like, how do you equate it, right? They say like Putin's the most rich person in the in the world, but it's because you don't know where all his money is, right? Yeah, and that's how it is. It's like it's one thing that says like own nothing, control everything. Mm. And I leave y'all with that. Mm. Nothing in your name, but you make decisions on it. That's where trust and holding companies and all these things come from. So, the more I educate myself. And I follow guys like like Ian Dunlap and Earn Your Leisure and these guys. Then I give back to people and just to, just to get them thinking. You know what I mean? So for me, and I think for us to survive, we have to get off some of that race train because we know it exists already. We we like you know we generations into the United States. So how long are we gonna lean on it versus like you know fight? Yeah, I, I do think, and, and this, I guess, is what I was identifying in the the spiritual nigga approach to this economic conversation, yeah. is I do think at its root, what you're arguing is that we need to shift our, our lens. Yeah. We have to change our right. perspective in order to access 
the, a real opportunity to grow versus yeah. one that is going to keep us in a cycle of abuse and and self sort of like sabotage to, to constantly asking for race to fix itself. Well, right. we have to fix it within ourselves, right? It's a conflict within us. And once we understand that, that, that that's the war, that's the spiritual nigga war. You know, once we have peace with that, then we can have peace with other some other things and learn how to accept like this is what's going on. You know, and I kind of did that. I was like, oh, I'm in a racist country, so to speak. This just, this just, this is the game I play. Now, how do I survive within this if this doesn't change? Mm. Does that make sense? Like, if racism don't change, how can I get the same success that now other people that look like me have who made it through this thing, who don't necessarily get a game back to each other, you know? So, yeah, that's that's one thing. That's one way to look at it spiritually. Also, Learning that compound interest isn't racist. Uh, <laughs> this oh, went from you gotta, very, you you very wide open to just, very specific. You got to explain <laughs> Compound interest isn't racist. You know what I mean? I didn't uh, know that it was. That's We're, what I'm saying. No, I mean, I never, I never knew that there was. I never, I guess I never thought about that. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. You never think of how people think of these old, these old niggas or grandma who bought a house for 60K and it's worth 200K. These aren't racist things, you know, These, mm. this ain't feeling based. So when I say shift the mind or what shrooms did for me, it would allow me to see the spectrum of, of the game that we're in and know that we can still live a lifestyle, the type of life we want to live without sitting on a piece of grass with a sign. Mm. We can help each other quietly. We can give each other jobs quietly. Right. How's that? I'll say this: This episode has a, a potential to be more, far more motivational than any episode we've <laughs> we've come across so far. I think, spiritual nigga, <laughs> spiritual nigga, I, spiritual nigga. I think we're gonna take a break. We, we're gonna we're gonna re, regroup. We're gonna figure this. I, I feel good, but also terrified. We're gonna take a second. We'll be back with more Byron Bowers and more. My mama told me. Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia and Yellow, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Statsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Gene Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with Hacks writer and actor Pat Regan, on how their improv experience helped them when shooting scenes and what it was like writing scripts for specific actors. You'll also hear from crew members like the costume designers on what it was like creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Hear stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and more. Watch Hacks streaming exclusively on Max and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. 
Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. And we are back. Yeah, all right, we're back yeah. here with more, more yeah. Byron Bowers. More my mama told me we're still talking about the possibility that the United States is, in fact, not a racist country the way that it has been uh, argued and presented for years and years and years. Would you say that this is a recent not a racist country or was it at one point a racist country? Like, at what point did that transition happen for you? in terms of our history? Just learning the socioeconomic things that happen, like, it's a cold game, right? I learned, and I got jokes about now, that um, when slavery ended, when slavery ended, that was the first time Black people were the wealthiest in this country because all the white men went to Civil War in the South, and when they came back, they had to find jobs and had no skills. Who had all the skills? Black people. We were the cowboys. We fucked their wives. We cooked the food. <laughs> we did everything. You know what I mean? She want to fuck with the dick. Right? <laughs> but we didn't know banking. We didn't know banking and stuff, so we didn't know what to do with our wealth. That was one of the first times in history our wealth got stolen. So realizing that and realizing the stuff that happened after that that give us fear to hide money under the mattress and do those things instead of learn to like, oh, get our own banks and do this and do that. I think that's what shifted for me. Mm. And, and we also had, you know, Black Wall Street and these other things. We had at least three times that our wealth has been taken from us. We had our own cities destroyed, you know, put on the lakes, Central Park, all these uh, Tybee Island and Savannah that was given to all the slaves. Think of all the land that was given to the slaves. But all that, all that to me is symbolism of a racist country. The fact that all that happened without consequence but it happens in other countries too now i think other countries could be racist i i'm not i'm not i don't i don't i don't think we i don't think we hold the patent on it by any means (laughs) and i also but i agree with everything you're saying i do think that a perspective shift is necessary i just don't want to let like it does need to be acknowledged that that shit is real you know what i'm saying oh it's gonna be real yeah it's gonna be real when you stun on them niggas (laughs) (laughs) when when they see you walking down the street with your kids you know what i mean being a good father you know that's the way you know uh that's how it's you know done on the low so you you mentioned the other countries and i think that this is sort of the jumping off point that I that I took in terms of the research. But the biggest question that came to mind when I heard the conspiracy theory you're presenting is how we're comparing racism, quote unquote, to a more international 
or in relation to a more international scale, right? Which made me ask the question, are people more racist in other countries? And I found this 2013. Are we going at the Canadians finally? Uh, I wish I could tell you that is the case, my guy. But but so oh. this 2013 two <laughs> article from the Washington Post, two Swedish scientists basically used something called the World Values Survey that like is meant to measure global attitudes and, and opinions. And specifically, they honed in on one question on the survey, which they believed sort of largely indicated racial tolerance. And the question was, would you want someone of a different race as your neighbor? That was the the big question they wanted to know. Could you could you accept a neighbor that is not of the same race? I, I'll I'll pause here to let y'all ingest whatever the fuck that question is for you. Oh yeah, I don't care. No, it doesn't. No, I mean I I wasn't expecting you to say something different. Oh oh, I, I, I was saying like what, what do I think is, the global tone is? Or rather, yeah, if you, this is the chance to start guessing. Maybe is who I you think, think is I think is globally. Say, I, I don't know. I have a belief in people and I want for people to be good. So I think globally, I think like if you took the tone of everyone, I think most people are okay with it. Whoa. I say no, but I'm from the South. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a son of the Golden West, baby. Specifically, <laughs> specifically Atlanta, Georgia. If you know, <laughs> that's all us. Now, now that has shifted for me, Uh-oh. right? Because I'm in an Armenian neighborhood. Right. So now, uh, and my girlfriend is Israeli. So now it becomes a value thing. You want neighbors with the same value system, right? As you. So it hasn't. It might have shifted culturally, but it hasn't shifted like if if as if I was in the south. Like a lot of my neighbors still own guns. They still own small businesses. And when the shit hit the fan, which it won't, they know how to respond in a way that my niggas from the south would. Mm. So you you saying that about the Armenians or just like Armenians and there's a few uh, Koreans over here too and you know how the Koreans get down you know what I mean I say <laughs> did I say that right I say yo oh I don't know I'm not gonna be the point of reference on this Pyongyang oh, yeah. you too <laughs> so what the the survey found everything what... we say is for entertainment purposes remember yeah, that. Yeah, 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 yeah. I am in no way affiliated with North Korea. <laughs> One of the things that the uh, that the data found is that uh, based on on the information of 80 countries that they surveyed, countries like the U.S., the U.K., Canada, Australia, New Zealand, and even a lot of Latin American countries minus Venezuela and the Dominican Republic were actually the most racially tolerant on the list. I could believe that. I don't think other places are as much of melting pots as we are either. Europe. America and then like I don't I don't I don't think most places are nearly as racially diverse. Like bro, I was I, in Africa. I'm shocked by that Mexico. I'm shocked by Mexico. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you, like I'm shocked. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, they said they said the Dominican probably because of Haiti and also like the deep, well, they're not black. Uh, the deep colorist shit that happens there, where they go like, I, I know black, and it's but like that surprised that surprised me about Mexico. <laughs> And I went to the DR, you know what I mean? I've been to the DR before and, uh, you know, bless, bless everyone in DR. Bless, <laughs> bless, <laughs> bless all the Haitians because it was a Haitian dude that really opened my eyes because a lot of the Haitians in the DR, were, were not a lot of them, but the ones that I would run into in the town I was at, 
would ask for change. And they knew I was from America. And they was like, he showed me his scars. And he was like, we, we get beat by the police, too. He was like, the only difference is y'all have a chance. Mm. Yeah. Meaning that is just a way of life there that can never be reformatted versus us who could at least like appeal and scream out for help and maybe something no, gets done. No, no, no. When I was in London, when I was in Paris shooting Irma Vip, I asked some black people, I like, how can you become wealthy if you don't play sports or sell drugs? And they was like, it's hard for us. Now in America, you can have one idea and it changed your life. Right? You could write a hit TV show. You could create, invent a super soaker. You could, you could hit a lot. You could do a, you could do a numerous things that could change your, your family's life for generations. And other countries don't have that. You know, what? in Japan, they got a Korea town. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not laughing at anything specifically. Yeah. Yeah, don't the Koreans hate the Japanese? Well, well so you know, that was... It was the that, slaves in Japan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was one of the things that the these surveys sort of unpacks is that they some of the, the racial bias that comes from some of these places, for example, South Korea is weirdly very high on the list of places that express racial intolerance. But one of the reasons they pointed to it is like if you have a personal... So they get to the dance floor. Well, that yeah, they love... I've seen those but, videos. But part of what they're saying is, is that <laughs> those pop lockers they they have a racial intolerance to a specific group yep. that was their enemy for so long so it's right. japanese people more right. than it is like oh we hate everybody anywhere not you know living next to us kind of thing right i also want to back up two points to the idea that i think that in america you can get rich but i don't think poverty is nearly as devastating anywhere else in the first world as it is in America either. What? I don't think that, that I don't think that poverty, like extreme poverty anywhere else in the developed world, I don't think it as terrible as it is in America. Mm. Does that make sense? Meaning that like UK poverty is not nearly as bad as American poverty. I don't think so, no. Bro, mm. I've been to Palestine. But that's not that's not what I'm talking. That's not that's not even the world that I'm talking about. I'm talking about like if we're talking about Europe specifically, like Europe. Paris and stuff like that, like Western Europe, colonial like Australia, okay. you know and, what I'm saying, and New Zealand and all the places that are sort of assigned. I'm saying like, as far as like as far as like wealthy countries, I think our poverty is the worst. Yeah, except for like maybe China, bro. In Palestine, they burn trash. They don't even have a sanitation system. They don't no, have I, any. I believe that. And I mean, that's how it is in Sierra Leone as well. But that's not like one of the countries with wealth. You understand what I'm saying? Yes. Oh, like not do like, like the countries that they're not doing that in Israel is is essentially. Well, right, if you, right, pa right, if you right. Palestinian, Palestine is Israel. But you know what I'm saying? <laughs> I, I Look, don't make me defend Israel. Where do you stand on the Jewish state? This is not, not going to be the episode where I have to go. Actually, <laughs> no, it's no, Israel. No, no, no. I'm saying for the people that it define that. it that way, they're not yeah. burning the trash. <laughs> <laughs> but all, I think racism is, is worse in other places because we have at least a platform to speak on. We can at least go in front of the White House with signs where they, other countries can't do that. Hey, the Haitians can't do that. Man, when, when I said they had a curfew, 
and DR, and they was coming out, locking Haitians up, throwing them in the back of paddy wagon at midnight, and the armed forces would walk the streets. They would cover the whole streets. Man, it was crazy. And then they see me, and they are not. I've been in, in so many places where I'm like, oh, I'm black in America, but somewhere else I'm an American. Mm. You know what I mean? Like I've been to Afghanistan. There's so many places I can go that my girl can't go because of this blue passport we carry around. So that's why I have the point of view that I have because we all are privileged. We just don't know it when it comes to the world. Mm. And it's because of the pain and what we went through. Everybody's looking at that. So one of the things that I guess it, it, it then also makes me think of is the question sort of, and they acknowledge this in the the survey, the question also comes with the level of bias, right? That if I ask you how how willing are you to, or how tolerant are you of having a race, a neighbor of a different race, the, the question becomes biased in terms of my education and culture that might teach me to not openly be like, yeah, I don't want some Indian person living next to me. And yeah. so they said that, like, in America especially, we're more likely to lie on a survey like this and yeah. say that we're yeah, racially I that. tolerant. I believe that. For even sure. though secretly, no, I don't want whoever the fuck living next to me. Yeah, when that music comes, when that loud bass comes after leaving the comedy club, <laughs> <laughs> that's when the intolerance comes. You know what uh, I mean? Yeah. That's that. Nt, 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 and you're like, ah, oh, I don't. Oh, maybe I don't like them. Maybe they yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> But I've been on the other side of that, right? Like, I'll come with heavy bass music, some trap shit, and then somebody come with, like, some trombones. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, nah. Or guitars, loud guitars coming down the street. I'm like, we got to right, do uh-oh. something. Yeah, uh-oh. it's too much. I don't want to hear people. it. I don't want to hear it. But you know we blending because you got the Nazis saying that the uh, Kanye West was right about the Jews. Yeah, the Nazis have done that a few times. Yeah, this is... This is <laughs> <laughs> they're never teaming up with the guys we like. How does this always happen on this podcast? <laughs> yeah, so that, that just shows you how, when I say, like, no matter if you where you at or what's going on, if you be in a racist situation or not, when you hungry, when you real hungry, all that shit go away, it's one of those things. And the, the Nazis holding up their sign is a version of that. They don't have a leader. They'll take mm. Kanye. They'll take anybody right now. We just want to be heard. They want to be heard too. Yeah, but their their but their rhetoric is like very harmful. But you have to acknowledge that. I understand everybody wants to be heard. You know what I'm saying? But like, it's like that that rhetoric is very harmful. I understand they want to be heard, but I don't is think it everybody. Does, yeah. Hey, bro. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> Nicest was holding a sign. How you feel about that, Grandma? She wouldn't give a fuck. They used to hang people when she was young. Right, yeah, right, right. To her, to her, this ain't even harmful no more. It's just yeah, like, yeah. But to get to the hanging, they they probably had a sign ahead of time. They probably it started with the sign. It started with yeah, a couple they probably did some signs. Hands, like, hey, I don't yeah. think we really like that. <laughs> and nope. then it hang, snowballs. Hanging at hanging at seven if you're free and interested. Everything grows. Everything grows. <laughs> at one point, Jesus was just a dude telling another dude, "I'm the son of God." Like everything scales up. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I I can agree with you there. They losing now when they start to look for Kanye West or whoever. Yeah, I mean, this, they're down bad for, for good reason. And here's a here's a powerful thing that goes with what I'm saying. That uh, White Lives Matter is owned by a black person. It's trademarked. 
Mm. Well, that's just good business. That's Byron. I was about to say. <laughs> that's I don't Byron think it started that's Byron that way. Allen in the Weather Channel, baby. <laughs> yeah, come but, on, baby. But remember, <laughs> remember what I said? How you got to do it? If you want change, you got to do it from the end. We gotta, we gotta do it how it was done. I don't disagree with that. You talking about the people who food was so bland that they colonized the world? That's true. The spice routes. <laughs> The spice routes were the beginning. That's the type of, of hunger we need. You know what I mean? <laughs> we need bland food hunger. <laughs> I'm tired of this, this shit. This casserole with no fucking spices on it. Go to India. Dry pheasant. I need some curry. Yeah. Man. And so you're saying if <laughs> you're saying that with that, we we should be pursuing similar levels of like tyranny? Should we be like Tearing people's shit up and fucking like, because that's what they had to do to get all that sweet, spicy food. Spiritually, I'm saying that <laughs> life's a circle, and uh, you know everything starts with good intentions, and then it goes wayward, mm. right? So even as we heal as a group of people, which I I think we should do first internally heal, then we could get up probably get on one accord better because we are a traumatized group of people, and once we do that. Then we could go and start doing some t- tyranny. But the difference is we won't have black guilt. <laughs> we won't. <laughs> now we went really full circle. Sure. And maybe, maybe, wait a minute, maybe part of the reason white people didn't feel anything for so long is because of a generation before them it was the white people who were the victims of someone's tyranny and then circled yeah. back and circled back. And this is just what we have to go from with the history books in, in place. It's a pyramid scheme. It's a tyranny. Everybody, scheme. everybody has been a slave. <laughs> exactly. Everybody has been a slave throughout, throughout history. I had a joke about it. I was like, if black people did this shit. White people did. We wouldn't be, it wouldn't be no such thing as white guilt. Slave, slavery would be a dance that we would do at the club. <laughs> I'm like we kill each other on records and, and sing about it so if we conquer the whole world you know what I mean we would have Damn. a we'll be uh, be a ball our music would probably be sucked and white music be, would probably be better but you know yeah but there'd be like a I'll two take, year period I'll take that hit I'll take that there'd hit. be like a two year period where like Young Thug could sing about being like king of the world and that'd be pretty fucking yeah that'd be great music for a while then country music would be ours <laughs> and and by the way, they don't give a shit if their music sucks. So we would still like our music the same level. Yeah, no. You know why? Swift. You know why they don't care? Because they making money off of it. Yeah, That's who cares? Care. Yeah, I I get it. Taylor Swift did 1.5 million in a week. She's fine. She don't give a shit about mm-hmm. uh, nope. none of that. I wish I had a Taylor Swift song I knew to reference. Shake it off. <laughs> she she shaked it. Damn it! No, it's like yeah. It's she like, did shake it off. That's like it's like that's it's like, You don't have to do that to me. You don't have to do that. Oh, to me. Yeah. Keep believing in yourself. I know. I'm trying. I'm trying. I, I, you know, it's just, you gotta go to the gym every day. You, you, you shoot shots every day. Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia and Yellow, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Statsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Gene Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with Hacks writer and actor Pat Regan. 
on how their improv experience helped them when shooting scenes and what it was like writing scripts for specific actors. You'll also hear from crew members like the costume designers on what it was like creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Hear stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and more. Watch Hacks streaming exclusively on Max and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. One of the the final things that I sort of wanted to ask myself inside of this is this question of like hate crimes, right? If we're a way of measuring, I guess, racial intolerance, in my opinion, you could point directly to like hate crimes. And in 2020, out of the 10,800 people who reported hate crimes in the United States, nearly 62% of those were race-based hate crimes. 62% of 10,800 so you're about 6,700 or so that I think is the correct number. Okay. But, but when you break that down right. in terms of the actual population of America, it is 0.0000264% of the population that's experiencing hate, hate crimes, which is almost a negligible number thus maybe leaning towards the argument that that at least was being presented that this is not in fact a racist and i this feels very coony uh defending <laughs> with numbers and shit but it yeah. it is in fact not quote unquote a racist country i mean i mean i think there's all kinds of complications to that would you report it like i don't know if most of them are reported mm-hmm. i don't know of that 62% you're you're acting like that 62% was white on black crime, which already like, you know what I mean? Well, let me be clear. I'm not picking a side in this. Uh, when I, I don't want you to, because you're like, you're acting Israel. like, yeah. and I, I'm merely reporting off of the things I read on Google. He read don't. It. He read it. You saw him read it. You saw him read it. <laughs> now, when it comes, I'm like him, when it comes to hate, we don't know if it's a thing of like, oh, I hate you know, this group of people or I hate people that hit the brakes on the on the freeway for no reason. Mm. You know, they I mean, I'm from Atlanta. They get shot, too. 
So you're saying you might shoot an early breaker and then they go, man, that was racist. And you're like, no, no, no. no, no, no. It's more specific to I the content <laughs> of your character. Yeah, this ain't got nothing to do with race. This got <laughs> more to be, uh, as a spiritual nigga, this got with being present. This motherfucker was texting on the phone and I'm trying to get to where I got to go. So. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I think that the obvious also misstep, and maybe this is what you were going to, uh, Bori, is like, at at its core, hate crimes are not the essence of what racism is most effective at. I think that's like the most extreme outlet. I Education, think like prison. Redlining. Yeah, all that All shit. types of things are like, I don't think the majority of people who are even self-described racists would ever commit a hate crime in within their lifetime. Sure. You know what I'm like, saying? It's, yeah. Such yeah. Like a, it's such a small, it's such a small group to judge what the overall problem is. But they might vote to keep your water infested exactly. with, with fucking worms or whatever the fuck is happening elsewhere. So it's like, yeah, that's... Do a study on how many of them followed me in the grocery store. <laughs> Not the grocery store. I look like I could afford groceries. But any place that sells clothing. But, you know, I, I, I met somebody who uncles owns the water supply. What? Right. Yeah, you could do that? <laughs> You can own the water supply? Go back and listen from the beginning of the thing, right? If the difference, one of the difference between us and a, a group of people who some people, for entertainment purposes, so claim owns everything, which are Jewish people. <laughs> who so I, was, claim, I was waiting to see if you were going to say it or if you were just going to uh, play, play it safe. Oh, you, I, all right. I felt bad when I said it, honestly. So uh, <laughs> some, some was like, whoops. But <laughs> it's so claim. We're not saying this is true or not, but some people say that a group of people owns everything, right? And mm -hmm. I'm like, my mentality, like, well, if somebody tried to kill my whole race, then I will want or we should try to own the water if we think we're being poisoned, the medical thing, if we think that we being poisoned, that we should try to get control of everything. Mm -hmm. Right. No, I agree with that. Then you ain't in a position to be like, deal with the redlining and stuff like that no more. Because we were redlining ourselves. Like we do an ATL. Ain't that right? Atlanta. No, nah, just right. <laughs> But that's a whole nother thing. That's a whole nother thing. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I do think to some extent what you're speaking to is more like a an act of of fear uh that leads to protection right that like if you terrorize a group of people they have to figure out a way to effectively survive and that effective survival might come in the form of you know making a uh music that allows you to survive learning a a skill that allows yep. you to survive or building relationships that allow you to survive and if you happen to flourish inside of that that's not you being a some sort of criminal mastermind that's just you doing exactly what was necessary for your survival yeah but we still a subservient group of people cuz we was handed this religion so meaning yeah, black it. people being handed Christianity, Christianity. Yeah. So we still are subservient to, to God and, you know, to uh, figures who we might perceive God look like. And we ask God for things versus meeting God halfway. Nobody ever. You never hear a nigga say, hey, God, uh, can you bless me with a car? I'm going to get half the money. Mm. Oh. But once you start thinking like that, 
He will meet you halfway. But the lessons that you need to learn to get half the money are being gone. You know? I mean, this is a whole other... We're talking about <laughs> the existence of God or not. I I, I I have a whole other podcast worth of feelings about this. Well, oh, even no. if you don't, that's even better. I if think you so. don't, it's better because it makes you hustle even more. Because now you got to get buy the whole car yourself. Yep. But let me tell you something. Most street niggas believe in God because... Uh, you you, you have got to. you need protection. I have also very spe- I have very specific reasons I don't believe in God. It's not like it's definitely not like an ingrained thing. It's like a bitterness situation. That's a good place to be in, though. Yeah, it makes you work hard, <laughs> and it makes you you will one day find <laughs> other beauties that might one day make you be like it is something out there, whether it's an alien or whatever. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, I, well uh, constant search. It's a constant search. Yeah. So that that's the beauty of it because it puts you on a journey versus somebody who's like, all right, I'm all right right here. I'm all right in my hood. with my. Right. I know, I know what Jesus the world is. Yeah, yeah. And my white Jesus peace. I'm going to stay right here. You know what I mean? But at its core, that argument is, is for example, at the root of, of communism, right? That, like, Communism, I think they call religion the opiate of the mass, opioid of the masses, because they're essentially saying that, like, it's just cooked in to keep you in a position of subservience rather than sort of like figuring out a way for everybody to benefit as like a larger community that like it it forces a hierarchy to have a religion as like your leading decision maker for your life. Yeah, but I mean, you still should like meditate and have a direct connection versus listening to, you know, somebody like that who might send your kids to war. Right. And I think they're, <laughs> I think to be and clear, tell them it's a training exercise. I don't think they're saying you can't be spiritual. I think they're saying you probably shouldn't like bow to Jesus just because like your country told you to. Like that's that's where that becomes complicated. Yeah, I think so. I agree. Yeah. I agree with that. Yeah. Are you saying you're a communist, Langston? On, I, this, reco- on this recording, <laughs> I'm not. Uh, I'm not smart enough. I to didn't make see that you choice. read that though. I didn't see you read that. That came <laughs> exactly. from knowledge. No, I didn't have that knowledge. That came from my heart. <laughs> I, I didn't have that knowledge. <laughs> Universe never told me nothing about communism. You know, what I mean? that came from my heart and the the bottom of my gooch. That that was. All the parts that matter to me. No, I, I think uh, I Nigga, think it got I'm quiet merely... when he was talking about communism. It was like <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm merely <laughs> suggesting that what you're you're saying about religion being part of our sort of like captivity is also cooked into what other economic systems would push for in terms of fixing things, that by removing religion, we are liberating ourselves of at least one version of our shackles. Well, I say, just like with anything else, we need to change the dialogue. Not saying that you shouldn't have the discipline of this one thing, but, you know, you got to watch who's telling the story, right? That's one thing I look at America, like they say America is the father, you know, uh, you know, well, the president is the father of the country. So you, I'm looking at them and whatever they do, I'm like, this is what we're doing. So mm. if, the, if the preacher yeah. out here, you know, uh, preaching on Sunday and fucking on Monday, then that's just what we're doing. All right. Well, I pray that Joe Biden is uh, <laughs> fucking on a Sunday and and preaching on a Monday. I, I pray that he has that, <laughs> that 
to lead us with? Because that sounds pretty cool. Wait, you said fucking on Sunday and preaching on Monday? Yeah, I'll be flipping. Oh, I'll be okay. I, I'll be dirty dogging it like the devil wants him to. That's hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> I thought the devil would want you to cut, would not want you to go raw dog. No, the, the devil, the devil's like, man, go crazy. You, I want you to feel it before you burn. <laughs> I thought more of God wants you to like feel it and bust nuts and recreate, and the devil more like eat the booty hole. Oh, oh, flip it over. I see. This one meant for this. God didn't create this for this, and he like, fuck it. I'm better than God. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think the devil wants you to stay in one position for too long. Ladies, I, think I really don't eat booty hole like that. <laughs> Ladies, I really don't. I'm more no, of a, you he, know, he calls it the devil hole. You heard it. Yeah, it's the devil hole. Well, think about the circle. We got both in us. We got we got God and the devil. And, and you have been talking about the circle the whole time, and it's not unlike a booty hole. I see I see the connection you really built. That's here. what? I'm taking you on shrooms <laughs> without you actually doing it. The circle is very important. Well, fellas, I think we did it. I think I think we nailed <laughs> I think we nailed whatever this possibly could have been. This is beautiful. <laughs> I think ending on booty hole conversation is the most accurate way that we could have done this. Byron, could you tell the people where they can find you and what cool shit you have going on? I'm on Instagram at Byron Bowles. So just Google my name, Byron Bowles. Check out the special spiritual nigga. That's how you say it. If you're black, if you're white, you got to whisper it at the water cooler. <laughs> if you are uh, uh, the Nazis, say spiritual nigger. I was just playing. The Nazis don't really watch it at all. But if you do, write me and let me know your thoughts. And, uh... Yeah, man, just watch all my shit. I'm on every platform. I'll be on Apple next year. Hell yeah. Watch watch Byron's shit. So funny. And uh, Bori, could you tell the people where they can find you? Uh, cool Guy Jokes 87 on Instagram. All the stuff is there. Come see me December 3rd in Seattle. Come see me December 4th in Portland. Come see me November 18th in Faded Denver with Stephen AJ, who you heard on this podcast. Also talking crazy. <laughs> it's great. And uh, as always, you can follow me at Langston Kerman. I'd love to hear from you. I ain't got nothing going on at the moment. <laughs> I'm just chilling. You know, sometimes you just got to stare off in the distance and reflect. Yes, and that's sir. what Papa's doing right now. Yes, so sir. Just follow me it. to see what I'm reflecting on. And and as always, if you want to send us your own conspiracy theories, your own uh, your own arguments, your own drops. We need drops. We would love to get some more wild ass drops from you. Please send them to mymamapod at gmail.com. Otherwise, that's it. Bye, bitch. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. 
For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cash back on purchases and pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender.